0: Through life, many of you are familiar with it. Uh, for me, it has just been something I would go to when I needed to reposition <laughs> or made sure or praised where I am when storms are coming because they will come, right? Yeah, right? Some may be going through some right now. And over my time of really leaning into Psalm 103. Uh, there's really three parts to it that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, which is the first part is uh, the, the blessing, blessing the Lord, right? Second part is there's some benefits involved as we follow Christ. And thirdly, all order of importance, is then it gives an opportunity for God to work in our lives so those three parts we'll go through tonight and see how far we get or how short we get usually i count my words in my notes i have no idea how many words i have so we'll see how far it goes but starting out with psalm 103 and and it really is starting out with blessing the lord being reflective in that Um, here's my anchor truth and what i've always rested in in this chapter it calls in calls us into an amazing opportunity to bless God. And it begins with us. Some We know about waiting on the Lord. And we've heard that through our scriptures. But waiting is a, a verb. It's not just sitting with our hands folded. Um, usually we are involved in many of the things that catalyst God to do things in our life, right? It begins with us. But it begins with a desire to reflect on who God is. Who God is. It's discovered through our devotion to Him and our obedience to Him. Then, I believe, an exchange begins between our blessing and God's doing. So that is the anchor of tonight. We do need to talk about the author first. We know, many of us know this. The author is who? David. He lived a very robust life. A very robust life. He is, was born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem as you know. Uh, in the Gospel of Luke, uh, Bethlehem is interpreted as David's town as well. So, David was a big deal, and we see that he's, from what I'm finding, he's one of the top three people in the Bible outside of Jesus and Moses. So, he's a big deal. (laughs) From a shepherd boy to a king, God led his journey all the way to where his destiny was a shepherd to a king. Many family shepherds in those days were young boys that were probably the last pick of the litter. Scroungy, maybe not too athletic, maybe didn't know how to do too many house chores around the house, but they were good at watching sheep and protecting that. But he was from a shepherd boy to a king <laughs> and for such an amazing gentleman he made plenty of mistakes along the way as much as you and I probably do right <laughs> certainly with the great flu- influence that God was developing in him those temptations and opportunities were there Many uh, people, and certainly Christians, some of their goals, and there's a lot of self-help books of how to gain influence. And that's good, especially for the kingdom. But as your influence grows, another thing grows. Opportunity of temptation. Not just maybe immorality, but manipulation. Manipulation. Some leaders that fall don't know, need, do, not, do not know how to handle influence because they leverage it for their own good and maybe not God's good. So it, it's expected for David with all the influence that he was growing and where God was leading him that these opportunities certainly were going to arise. And he made some bad decisions. But the one thing he did do right is when he made these mistakes, he ran to God in those moments, not away from God. That reaction or response is a key to everybody's outcome when things are not going the way they should because you've made some bad decisions. Our Abba Father wants us to run to Him no matter what we did. (laughs) And we'll find that as we go. So from David, from the fields to the palace, he experienced God's faithfulness along the way, even through his mistakes. The amazing thing was Samuel, when, when the prophet Samuel, one of the greatest prophets of Israel, we know maybe know the story, and he was called to anoint the next king from the king of Saul. Uh, the next king at, taking place of king of Saul. Excuse me. And he goes to the house of Jesse, David's family and dad. And Samuel is is assessing all the candidates. And and it's and it's a quick reflection of what Samuel has because. After seeing what human reasoning and what qualifications under that produce, he found David. What does that mean? There were seven qualified people to be anointed king in that family room that day. But through human reasoning and and Samuel's in tune with God, none of them were qualified. Because God was the qualifier. And it was to be a shepherd boy (laughs) watching sheep. I encourage you, when you feel God is calling you into things, and you don't feel qualified, that is the beginning of your qualification sometimes. Because that allows us to absolutely lean in and trust Him along the way not in our skills they're good god will use them but god looks at the heart and we'll see that through most of the psalms and certainly 103 that we're going to read in a few minutes david is reflecting 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 and thinking for me are two different things. Thinking is a quick process of whatever I'm focused on. Reflecting is a more mind marination (laughs) of really basting and focusing on what my focus is. And it's in that reflection that I can see much clearly. And as David did in most of the Psalms, and certainly in Psalm 103, when he began to reflect, as we're going to see, he experienced, began to experience an exchange. An exchange of what blessing the Lord would do, and how he could be the beneficiary of the benefits that God had provided. That exchange. How many know we serve a God that wants to commune and exchange with us? It's not a one-way prayer, one-way street. God is a relational God. So he yearns for exchange for his sons and daughters. What is that exchange? Well, for David, it was beginning an adoration that was growing. An adoration is a full awedness, a full appreciation, a full reverence. Almost as we'll talk later, a full fear in some case in the Hebrew. But it's the exchange. There's an adoration for God and in that God exchanged his love towards him that worked as I said earlier with benefits that he spoke about in Psalm 103 and to his people and Israel as king so I'm going to read Psalm 103 if you didn't bring your Bible just listen I don't have anything up on the screens tonight but I'm going to read it from the message translation, the whole chapter. And remember the three components I was talking about. There's a beginning to our actions, a blessing the Lord, right? And then in that blessing, there's some benefits that, he, that David is going to reflect. And then the fourth part is if all those things are working in order, then we can begin to trust God that he's going before us and at work behind the scenes in our lives in the areas of those benefits. So it starts, O oh, my soul, bless God. Again, this is the message version right now. From head to toe, I'll bless his holy name. O oh, my soul, bless God. Don't forget a single benefit. So he's reflecting, right? He forgives your sins, everyone, heals your diseases, everyone. He redeems you from hell, saves your life. He crowns you with love and mercy, a paradise crown. He wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. Third part, God is now beginning to work. And David is reflecting on this. God makes everything come out right. He puts victims back on their feet. He showed Moses how he went about his work, opened up his plans to all of Israel. God is sheer mercy and grace, not easily angered. He's rich in love. He doesn't endlessly nag or scold, nor hold grudges forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve it, nor pay us back in full for our wrongs. As high as heaven is over the earth, so strong is His love towards those who fear Him. And as far as the sunrise is from the sunset, He has separated us from our sins. As parents feel for their children, God feels for those who fear Him. He knows us inside and out, keeps us in mind when we are made of mud. Men and women don't live very long. Like wildflowers, they spring up and blossom. But a storm may snuff us out just as quickly, leaving nothing to show they were here. But God's love through is ever and always eternally present to all who fear him, making everything right for them and their children as they follow his covenant ways and remember to do whatever he said. God sets his throne in heaven. He rules us all. He's the king. So bless God, your angels ready and able to fly at his bidding, quick to hear and do what he says. Bless God, all you armies of angels, alert to respond to whatever he wills. Bless God, all creatures, wherever you are, everything and everyone made by God. And you, O my soul, bless God. There's a lot there. Psalm 103. I want to start by talking about where David starts in this chapter. Bless him. We know what our soul is, right? our mind, will, and emotions. And we have a spirit and a body. So he's not talking to his spirit. He's talking to his soul when David says this. As Christ followers, our disposition, if facing somewhere, hopefully, (laughs) should be towards him and being ready to bless him at all times. Blessing the Lord. But it begins, as David did, in reflection. In reflection. Your days should be of prayer. Should be of reading the Word. But it needs some reflection too. It's part of that recipe. Because in that reflection, the thankfulness comes. And then we can bless Him. The adoration through that will begin to grow. And you begin to exchange your aweness and thankfulness for who he is. You see, the culture we have now is, uh, oh, Lord, help me articulate this. I blessed a door before I came in today. I hit my head. My dog was laying on the floor. I was getting a bottle of water. He moved. Boom! So, but I checked. I know it's Sunday, so I'm doing good. But... But anyway, I blessed the door today. But, so here's what I said. Let me articulate. you. So we as Christ followers always need to be blessing for who he is. And there's that adoration that has been designed in our soul that God longs for. Doesn't need, but longs. <laughs> we as a culture, and Satan has done this, he knows the value of Adoration. Because adoration and honest and influence can lead down some dark paths. And just look at our culture. Our culture is more concerned about what than, than who. What do I mean? What? My adoration can go towards what? It could go towards binge-watching on Netflix. It could go towards a relationship. It could go towards pets even when they're in front of the door when you try and open it it can go towards so many things then that adoration can go towards it when those adorations should be going to who god and he longs for that and those adorations can be getting to compassion for things that are in temporary things and not eternal things that's why it's so important when david starts out bless the lord O oh my soul he says soul we are going to bless god today Amen. and it takes some effort to do that right and in that blessing my honest that i'm you're honest and i'm becoming aware about is going to con- turn into adoration and love and appreciation where like moses said before people of israel going in the promised land moses said i'll go but i my version i ain't going unless you're going with me he had an adoration an honest to bless god and we need to be careful and i'm i'm learning myself that is our attention and adorations for things daily being more being more used toward things that are temporary than our Abba Father. He longs for you to do that, to adore Him and bless Him for who He is, for who He is. God exchanges His love. That is what He has and will do. So His exchange and we blessing Him, He pours out our love for us. David says, With all that is within me, I will bless you i got to think he was a busy guy. Even shepherding, he was kind of busy, whether killing a bear or a lion, never mind a giant, then becoming a king when he was writing this. He was a busy guy. So he knew that he had to stop and take time to bless God. And it couldn't have been a casual, as I said earlier. It has to be a reflection. You have to take time to reflect, stopping what you're doing. He doesn't want you to formulate it. He just wants your heart in it. But he had to stop. Bless the Lord, O my soul, with all that is within me. Paul talks about this in Hebrews and praises in similar patterns of to blessing our Father. He says it's, we have to do, bring a sacrifice of praise. It should cost you something to reflect and bless God. Cost me what? Don't know. You'll find out when you do it. Your time, energy, one less episode of Netflix, whatever. But it's got to cost you something. That is a sacrifice. But oh, (laughs) when we jump into benefits... Those are monumental, excuse me, very small costs and a beginning to a relationship. David's life was a roller coaster, as I mentioned earlier, from wrestling bears and lions to picking up the right rock. Think about that, to kill a giant, which was led by God, obviously, Go, in going against God at certain times, making decisions that God didn't want him to do as king and his influence, and even to become a fugitive at some point, when King Saul, the very king that they were supposed to be together with, turned against him. God still provided his benefits along the way, even through that turmoil. Not because of David's striving for perfection, but because his heart towards God. Don't strive for perfection. (laughs) It'll be an exhausting effort. Exhausting. As sons and daughters, we have this same package, these benefits we're going to talk about. I don't mean to minimize it, but it's almost like an employee benefit if we worked for Jesus LLC Kingdom, right? These are benefits that come with him the first one i read earlier and i think this is all in priority order <laughs> that david made this forgiveness of sin our sins forgiveness of our sins we know it but do we know it because if we really know it we'll have freedom for sin from sin at some point where well, there is no bondage where well, the things that have hold you Tight, Whether it be an addiction or a habit that just puts you two steps back after one step forward. There's freedom from sin. Because He's forgiven you of it. Sin, we know what it is. We hear about it. Sometimes we don't hear it in church enough. But my definition is it's a self-inflicted harm that hurts you. But we don't sin in a vacuum. It hurts others. And even worse, it separates us from God. And He doesn't want that. He doesn't want that. But we have forgiveness of sins. That's one benefit. Next benefit, He heals your diseases physical, mental, and spiritual. For some, that's hard to swallow. But then I start asking myself if I'm in that question too, if I'm looking for healing, have I been blessing the Lord all my soul with all that's in me, reflecting on His goodness? The healing that can come is faith that we need because without faith, right, in Hebrews, it's impossible to please God. We know that, right? But it's not faith in your faith. It's faith in the healer. That's so important. Sometimes we can self appraise where our faith level meter is, you know? Let God be the judge of that. Just trust and lean in and say, at the end of the day, I'm nothing without you. It's a good baseline. A good baseline. There are too many testimonies I've personally seen, witnessed, talked about that God is still in the healing business physically mentally and spiritually because that's how one of the manifest manifestation is that god loves you and me and that's one of the benefits we continue in benefits here he redeems you from hell not just eternal hell that's nice but in this life it's dark out there right Not physically right now, but it's dark out there and it's not getting any lighter. So he can redeem us from being part of that darkness of hell. So when there's times in your life that you feel, hey, it's raining, it's pouring in my life, it's dark, everything's coming around in me. Well, David was confident that he's going to redeem you from whatever you're going through right now, which could be hell. This is key too to be rescued. There's a hell in self-reliance. Do you understand? And in, in the world is is marinating in that every day. That's self-reliance. Me myself and I are my principal consultant and I'll get me through everything because it's all I have to trust in. That can bring you into a hell lifestyle <laughs> it's it rescues us out of self-reliance to be affected but to be of, to not be excuse me not to be affected by the darkness around us, but to be effective to those around us through christ because we're called to shine a light see it's those moments where it's raining and pouring in your life but somebody says wait a minute you have a little joy there sometimes where you shouldn't have joy wait a minute i've seen some favor in your life when this storm in your life should be throwing you your boat over and overturning in your life and that can affect those folks that see you as the example as an ambassador of the kingdom and a son or daughter of god make sense Another benefit, gets even better. He crowns you with love and mercy. David knew what a crown was. (laughs) He knew there was a weight to it. Not just a responsibility weight, but even a physical weight. I may remember uh, Prince Charles that became King Charles a few months ago in the coronation, right? He knew he was going to have a crown put on his head that day. But when it was finally on him, looking at those pictures and video, he knew there was a weight to it. There's a weight to a crown. Good and bad, there's a weight. But David reflects, because he knows of a crown, but he says, God crowns you with love and mercy. There's a good weight to that. And I believe he means that the weight of that is probably one of the best things that helps you be validated as a Christ follower. So if you're ever second-guessing yourself, well, God has crowned you with love. If you made a mistake, he's crowned you with some mercy. We know mercy is not getting what we deserve, right? He's crowned you with all that. Those are two great weights for you to walk in, to help validate you as a Christ follower. I know that I say this a few times repetitively. A Christ follower is a christian that has decided to go beyond a title and actually what follow christ but not to follow him from a distance but continue to get closer and closer to become more like christ that's really why we're here so the valid, so crowning you with love and mercy to receive that yes and to give it to others because you can absolutely absolutely so don't just hold on to this whole love and mercy that you get it needs to be given paid forward to others and there's a security in that back to that validation you can rest in that god has crowned you with love and mercy and there's a weight to that a good crown Gets a little better. God wraps you up in goodness. The King James, we may read later, says, puts good things in my mouth, is, is some of the effects of that. Some of us need some good things in our mouth from time to time. But wraps you up in goodness. He just doesn't give you something to put on. I vision, I. I, I in my head, I look at him as taking aluminum foil (laughs) cellophane and wrap putting his arms around you saying there is so much goodness that's going to saturate onto you right now where no evil can befall you wraps you up and makes the effort to do the wrapping because he loves you you receive goodness from him and that's part of a good provision This stabilizes you from ignorance and being an angry Christian. They do exist. Not in this room, but they do exist. Because you've been wrapped in goodness. When well, my nature wants to get angry and lash out or respond. But David said, I, I, I have a, I've been wrapped in goodness, his goodness, not my goodness. That's why, Do you realize that's why people say, you know, when they don't use the Lord's name in vain or something, I say, Oh my goodness. Do you listen to that? That's basically from my understanding saying, I've just realized that my goodness falls short. Does that make sense? It does. These little things add up. But that's really what that cliche is. Another benefit, and some of us can really appreciate that He renews your youth almost like a wrinkle eliminator. Just wait for some Christian beauty product to come out. Say, this renews your youth. The message breathes that out, that this youth comes from being in His presence. How many have been in His presence and lose track of time? How many know time is your devaluator that brings aging to you? Part of sin, right? Because we're on this earth in a fallen world. But presence can renew your youth refresh, hydrate. I said that a few weeks ago. It can bring a new in you. It may not affect your wrinkles, but it'll affect your spirit soul, right? Paul, uh, Paul talked about the, in his presence, is fullness of joy. I always think of a baby. I, for me, I don't... And there's a new commercial too, where there's a VW commercial, I think. And it's an electric car, and when the when the father gets in, you know he's the father because there's a baby in the back. All he does is he sits in the car, and a song begins to play. Have you seen it? And the, the the beautiful little girl begins to giggle every time he comes in and out and sits down. And finally, the wife looks through peers through the window and say, "You got to get going. Stop doing this." And that's funny, but that giggling of that young, youthful baby exuberated joy there that's joy because then we can when we have joy we know our our outcome in our life we know our outcome it's heaven it's eternal so really between then and heaven yeah there's stress and turmoil but joy can override that if it's the fullness of joy in his presence youthful in mind and spirit all right so the third part we're in psalm 103 where i believe david then he's reflecting through the whole chapter he goes from benefit he goes excuse me He goes from blessing god his action the exchange of the benefits god's loving him and showing the benefits that's not just for him but for us then the rest of the chapter is really david showcasing god at work So we've been blessing God, we realize his benefits, now God can go to work showcasing some of these benefits in our lives, right? The Hebrew, one of the biggest things it says, let me go over here, that David gets out of the beginning of this, and I'm kind of interpreting it, but I think I'm on track. We need to fear him. That reveals he is at work in our life. Let's reflect that for a minute. As I started up here, the Hebrew language, as we know, is very contextualized. Our English language is too, but Hebrew more than ever. So for an example, if I say, uh, I walked out on a balcony and I overlooked and saw a giraffe. I overlooked. That's the same word, I overlooked a number in the budget. Same word, overlooked, spelled right, but different contextualized meaning because of different place it's in. So with the word fear... Our Western culture thinks scream, horror, movies, whatever, something bad happening, I'm in fear of that. And that is true to some degree. But David, through this and my studies, is meaning that that fear in this contextualized chapter means a greater awareness of something greater than oneself. And that would be God. Back to what I said in the morning. Good way to start. God, I can do nothing without you. I am aware that I am a human and I am very limited because you created me. But you created me so you could love me and I could love you and we could have that exchange. But you are far greater than any great idea I think I have. It's that fear that brings reverence. I know Pastor John says reverence, an aweness, an importance. That's what he's, David's meaning in here. And because we can fear him in that contextualized definition, it begins to reveal him at work in our life. Because he knows we are fearing him, if that makes sense. Using that word in that context. Again, God is at work here. Trusting in the truth that God knows what he's doing. So fear him for that reverence him, aweness, knowing that he, this is his earth, <laughs> he created everything. I, I, you know, with a lot of the culture going on, I don't use culture, but it's just people fighting back and forth, and, and, and the, there, there is no God, there is a God, this and that, and it gets back to How did this all happen? I know there's these theories, <laughs> but a lot of those theories are coincidental. When I look at you, you're perfectly wonderfully made. I look at you, you're perfectly wonderfully made. We're made in the image of, of God. That's not coincidental. There's just too much purpose in life to think this all just came together and some big bang. So, talking to friends that don't believe in God, I remember, and again, I'm not culturizing Arnold Schwarzenegger came out today on, in the headlines that he believes there's no heaven. Ooh, okay, wow. Stock market crash, no. But the baseline of this is you're not fearing God. Proverbs says that's the beginning of wisdom, right? Fearing the Lord, the same contextualized number, uh, word. But it really starts with people that don't believe in God. Well, yeah, because you haven't feared anything greater than yourself. (laughs) So if we can't start there, then everything else is a debate and God doesn't need to debate anything. His love for you is too great not to fear Him. Trust that things are working for your good, right? even when you can't see it. When we fear him more, we gain a faith that says, come what may, God makes everything come out right. Come what may. It's not an ecocentric statement that I know I can handle it, but I know God can. So come what may, we serve a big God doesn't mean it evades our responsibilities as as Christ followers. But come what may. Because the only fear I'm going to be putting on anything is a fear towards God, not to what can come against me on this earth while I'm alive. David articulated this in the message here. He said, God feels for those who fear him. He feels for you. He knows your desires. He knows the concerns. Through the Holy Spirit, he knows more about you than you know about you. And that's part of the fearing of the Lord. That you know me better than I know me. David feared him. That was so evident. And it gave him the strength with the stone to fight a giant. It positioned him in front of Samuel to anoint him. You know, when Samuel anointed him that day in the family household and it was very clear what was going down you were going to be the next king of israel david went back out to the field to be a shepherd because god still had to orchestrate things and he was at work guiding him to that destination of what had been prophesied so when you get a word from the lord don't get disappointed if it doesn't begin to manifest in 24 hours Trust that he is at work. Trust that He is at work in your life. Romans 8:28 says, "Those that trust the Lord, right? Actually, let me not paraphrase that, because it's, there's a lot of meat here. Give me a minute, I'm sorry. Romans 8:28. Guys, all still with me. Eight twenty eight eight twenty-eight, right? These letters in this Bible are very big. It's not because I hit my head earlier. It was just the closest Bible I could find. So again it is Sunday, right? Um eight twenty eight. Here we goes. Paul says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called According to His purpose, I'm trying to find the call for my life. Well, the easy part is it should align to His purpose <laughs> of what He's calling calling all of us to do. How many you remember? We sing the song often, Waymaker song. Miracle worker, waymaker there's one part in the song, even though it doesn't look like you're working, you're working for my good. When it doesn't look like it, he's behind the scenes working for your good. I've uplifted David today, and I've talked about his faults a little bit, but I want to... In order to, I think, appreciate Psalm 103 a little more, I want to read a little bit of Psalm 102. Because it's a little different. And it's depicting David maybe at a very bad moment. But remember, we serve a faithful God. I think Psalm 103 had to come out of Psalm 102. Meaning it... (laughs) He had to go through this to be back in alignment to say, oh, wait a minute, I do need to bless the Lord, oh, my soul, because there's so many benefits that he is giving me. So I'm just going to read a little bit. It's, it's, it's a little different tone. Hear my, this is David, shepherd boy that's a king. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call. Answer me. He's getting demanding. Speedily. For my days are consumed like smoke. He's having a bad day today. And my bones are burnt like hearth. My heart is stricken and withered like grass so that I forget to eat my own bread. Because of the sound of my groaning, he certainly groaned. My bones cling to my skin, and I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. I lie awake and am like a sparrow alone on a housetop. My enemies reapproach me all day long. Those who derive me swear an oath against me. I have eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping. A little different tone. My point of that is, as Christ followers, and we begin to want to bless the Lord, oh my soul, we cannot not be honest with God. He wants the relationship. He doesn't want Christian ease, doesn't want false faith. He wants you to be real with him. Help in my time of need. Help, I made a bad mistake. Help. People are pointing fingers at me. Help, there's too many bills in the mailbox. Be honest with him. Because in that honesty is where the real trust towards him comes from. So I read that just to say, just one chapter ahead before Psalm 103, that is so reassuring. He didn't seem like he was being redeemed from hell, (laughs) he was living in it. But yet God knew where he was and brought him back. And it's so key when you're going through those things to put your feet in the ground, draw a line in the sand. Whatever you have to do, stand up when you're sitting down. Whatever your soul needs to awake and quicken in you to say, come what may, but I'm going to bless God today. We have this saying of America. God bless America. I'm being very respectful, but follow me. (laughs) I think it's time we need to bless him. He's done blessing us this nation. Now we need to bless him. But Psalm 103, I mean, that's just very interesting (laughs) as his tone. I want to go back to the anchored truth here out of Psalm 103. We are called into this amazing opportunity to bless God. I have maybe said bless God 40 to 60 times in 40 minutes. And I'm going to say it again. Bless God. We have to be on our radar to be blessing God. And it begins with us. Not your husband, your wife, aunt, somebody who's doing you wrong. It starts with you. You to bless them. And it's a desire to reflect on who He is first in your soul to bring that up. And it is discovered through our devotion. So check your devotion and check your obedience. Because when they're together, you are creating an adoration for Him and blessing Him and then God will make an exchange and fulfill these benefits that He's talking about in, in Psalm 103 to David. Does that make a little sense? I want to read the first few verses of. I just want to hit it again of Psalm one hundred three, in the King James version. Yay, King James! I know Dr. Mark was all about that on Sunday. I know you have the uh, you have the original one there, John. I mean, and if you don't have your Bible or smartphone or anything that's not smart, just listen. So this is in the King James. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all iniquities. The message had said sin. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction, a.k.a. hell. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Good things. He'll provide that part. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Let's stand. I just want to... Don't worry, I won't go long on this. But there's such a, a timely song for this, and I don't know all the verses. But let's sing it for a minute, and then I just want to end with the confession. Remember, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. One more time. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. He has done. He has. He has done great things. Bless His holy name so let's do a confession here because this is a prayer and confession that David wrote that we've been talking about tonight just the first few verses of what I read just repeat after me you may know it by heart but just repeat after me because I think the Holy Spirit would love to hear the unity in this room as we do it so bless bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name Bless the, Lord, soul, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, not his benefits. Who, forgives who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who, all my diseases. Who, redeems my who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. who satisfy, as he's doing right now, who satisfies my mouth with good things, things. that my youth is renewed like the eagle. I would recommend to memorize that and confess that because there's much power in that. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to come together to hear what you wanted to say through your Holy Spirit. Lord, as we go out into our daily rhythms and lives, tonight and tomorrow, let us be able to reflect on how good you are. And let our souls rise up to bless you, Lord, because you are worthy to be praised. Lord, let us be able to walk in these benefits. When the world says the opposite in these benefits, you are the final word in these benefits, Lord. Let us walk in them and know that you are giving us peace and guidance to know that you are at work in our lives, even when it may not look like it. You are our Creator. And we worship you for who you are first. And through that, we can honor and be thankful for what you have done and will continue to do in our lives. Lord, thank you for Faith Christian Center. This is your church. And as we continue to grow and disciple and follow you even more, that you are calling us clearer and clearer to not only impact our lives, but those around us in different communities. Continue to give us the strength and grace to do that. And we know your faithfulness follows. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.